and we are live good morning everybody welcome sexiest members to ever be members of a sexy group welcome i am your sexy host bitcoin pen x now, my friends, today is going to be a long show. Those of you watching on Patreon are our private servers. Those of you watching on our private servers, which means Patreon, Founders Group, and sub stack those three we're going to have about a three hour show today I usually do two but today it'll be three and I'll tell you why the first half hour we're going to talk about Bitcoin mining now what I've heard is part of the Inflation Reduction Act is to create microprocessors. Now, part of that is allocated for the U.S. production of chips and processing units specifically for mining the Bitcoin. Let me say that again. America is going to be producing technology strictly for mining Bitcoin. Now, what that shows me is anyone who thinks that the Bitcoin just a fad, just, you know, it's like zippers and, I don't know, oxygen. It's a fad. My friends, there are high-powered corporations involved in this. What's up, Polly P? My boy. Polly P in the house. Hey, next time I see you, Polly, drinks are on me, brother. Now, this fact that the federal government is printing money to produce facilities that will produce mining equipment for Bitcoin 
shows you where this is all going. Now, holy crap, guys. I'm going to say something. I want every single one of you to remember this moment. Where's Rick? Rick, where you at, brother? My historian, Rick Casca. Rick, we're going to want a dog ear this episode. Okay. The language used to me in a call was I'm trying I'm trying to remember the exact quote. It was something to the effect of this. The real the real underlying importance of the Bitcoin is this. That it's interchangeable between outer space and inter space <laughs> okay this is a little woo woo but i'm going to have to explain it to explain it. We live in a hologram. Right? That hologram phases in and out. Now, we don't see the phase. Some, now, sometimes you do. It's what we call uh it's uh, it's what we call poltergeist. It's what we call a ghost. Right? Imagine this. Imagine that you have a dial on your chest, right? And that if you turn it to the left, your frequency changes and if you turn it to the right your frequency changes if you took that dial and you turned it enough you would disappear but as you as you disappeared, you would appear in the same place 
but in a different hologram. You get what I'm saying? Right. Uh, think of quantum leap, except in the same place in like art on very hard to explain right time is layered in frequency we we all exist in what is known as the ever lasting now the ever existent now the difference is our frequency right if you change the human frequency band then your consciousness would exist in a different hologram okay now the bitcoin because i know this sounds crazy the bitcoin because it is pure energy is able to be moved transacted throughout these levels Yes, it is woo-woo. Once, once you, once you take value and you put it into a frequency, once you monetize frequency, then you can transact that frequency over all frequencies. You see what I'm saying? Okay. Now, this is linked with what we're going to talk about in the second hour on the private server. Once you watch the second and third hour of this show, you'll understand what I mean. All right. Now, on yesterday's private server show, I explained how the East India trading company evolved into the creation of nations that the company closed and and relaunched as a nation that we call Great Britain or England after 
the corporation had purchased the Bank of England. So the East Indian Trade Company purchased the Bank of England. This is the Rothschilds. Right? Once they purchased the bank, which owned all of the land, they closed the company and moved the moved the board of directors from the company into governmental structures na national government structures so they made a president they made a treasury department they and they called it a nation, right? The reason they called it a nation was so they could encapsulate the idea of nationalities to the general public. So that the general public because it was all cultural, right? The East Indian Trade Company was franchising itself into cultural areas. And each cultural area was a new nation, nationality. So for India, they created the Indian government to handle the nationality, the culture of India. And that's why Great Britain eventually relinquished India, right? When they freed India, they didn't free India. They just got, they finished nationalizing India and creating the governmental structure of India. So they left. They put all their leaders in and they left. They put all of their corporate structure, president, uh, vice president, treasurer, human resources, all that. So that's what I explained yesterday. Now, the importance is this, that those, that the East India Trade Company went from a company to a nation, a government, they, tra 
they moved from a a brand of a corporation into a brand of of government. It was the same people. The board of directors at the East Indian Trade Company closed the East India Trade Company and just took over as the governing body of England. They appointed all of the royalty, all of the sovereigns. Yes, please. Take a second, hit like, and subscribe to the channel. Thank you. So, all right, now, that that nation then went out and nationalized all the other countries involved. Or put in a national structure into all of the other cultural areas. And that's why we now have uh, Iran, Iraq, uh, all of these smaller countries. Because originally, they were Persia. Well, they took Persia and they broke it up into cultural areas and they overlapped the cultural areas so there would be internal conflict of cultures. So they could use that internal conflict of cultures to create cultural war. They did this a lot with the Muslims. Right? Now, as they, you have to remember, they, they had a 400-year plan for this. This was not like, hey, let's, we'll have this wrapped up in a week. No. This was a long-term plan. So, eventually, they got the whole world. Or they thought they did. That's where we're at now. They're trying to button it all up. They're trying to bring it all together. This is the closing act of the government structure that they've been creating since then, globally. The problem is They have an issue. The issue is being exposed 
And what is their weakness? What's going to expose them is their biggest lie. Their biggest lie is that humans evolved. That's the biggest lie. And their, their lie is being exposed by what we would call UFO exposure. But, and that's what, that's what the last two hours I'm going to explain, right? UFOs are, are or non-human creatures are real. But there are different types of, there are different levels of what we're talking about. We have we have aliens that exist on this frequency plane. This hologram. We have aliens. But we also have different planes. We have different holograms on, like, think of it like this. Think of it like, uh, like, up and down on a radio, on an old radio, right, where you turn the dial and that would slide back and forth. Right. Think of reality like this. As as we exist on this plane, if you change the dial. You go back and forth. What you're doing is you're changing what plane we're on. It's the same radio, but it's playing a different frequency. Right? Your consciousness is the radio. You can alter your consciousness. Oh, yeah. Hey, Ben, this is way out there. Like I said, you're going to want to dog ear this episode 
and rewatch it in about 15 years. And you'll be like, I'll be damned. He was right. As you alter your frequency of your consciousness, you go in and out of these radio stations that all exist at the same time, right? Right now, if let's say this hologram is 107.7 and we're living in this hologram, But then you change your frequency to 107.0. That's when your that's when the body in this hologram dies, goes away. But your consciousness is shifted to the next hologram. And that's what happens when you die. You go from one hologram to the next. Now, this is why, and I'll bring this back to Bitcoin. Right, And this is going to blow a lot of people's fucking brains, but that's okay. That's why I do the show. The Bitcoin is transferable over frequency. So you can, this is going to sound really fucking weird, but in 15 years, it'll make sense. You can move your Bitcoin to your next point of consciousness awakening. Do do you are not awakening? Let's say focusing. Right when you die, what's happening is you're losing the focus of your point of consciousness. You're moving off of one hundred seven point seven. And you're moving towards 107.0. So your consciousness is changing frequency. And that's when you're dying. Dying. Right? And as you pass a certain point, 
in the other frequency, you're being born. You're being created. You're, you're going from a, uh, a solid or a, a point of consciousness that is tuned perfectly. As you die, your tuning changes. You're losing your point of tuning. So as you move on the dial, the music playing on 107.7 gets weaker and you start to hear the next channel under it. That's that's the dying process. That's why people who are dying, they, they start to see old relatives or they start to hear old, old relatives because they're half they're half in this frequency and half in the next frequency. All right. And I know this sounds crazy, but understand you're going you're going to be able to take your Bitcoin with you. I know it sounds weird, but like I said, dog ear this video and watch it in 15 years. And it'll all make sense. Okay. Word from the sponsor. Are you buying and selling cryptos on the same laptop that you're using to browse the internet, read your email, and visit social media sites? If so, you're exposing your cryptos to theft. Whenever you're online, you're at risk of getting hacked and having your identity stolen. How would you feel if someone stole all of your cryptos? What would that do to your finances? Guard your cryptos with a safe and secure laptop from Calix Solutions. Each laptop is set up just for you and your cryptos, and then we walk you through exactly how it works. Don't risk the security of your cryptos. Order a crypto laptop from Calix Solutions now to secure your crypto future. Learn more at calixsolutions.io. All right, uh, everyone. Uh, on you, everyone watching on YouTube right now, switch over to Rumble. I'll do the next half hour on Rumble, but then we go to the private server on Patreon and Substack. If you want 
my whole shows every day, they're used about two hours, and they're extremely entertaining. Go to Substack or Patreon. You get everything there, right? Bye-bye, YouTube. Alrighty, now that we got rid of the YouTube riffraff, you guys, remember yesterday on the uh, on the show when I talked about petroleum and oil and 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 all the fossil fuels. I wanted to find something that would actually back me up on this. So I did. Now, I'm going to play a video for you of a guy who who literally worked in the petroleum industry and miseducated people on purpose. And he admits it in an interview. Listen up, folks. That petroleum wasn't what we thought it was, that it wasn't a fossil fuel, that it didn't come from fossil animals. <laughs> yeah. Is it just a mineral? Is it a mineral like any other mineral? Is that is that how it, is that how it, uh, what would you say? How did it? What's the origin of petroleum? You see, <clears throat> when they first found petroleum, uh, because they were beginning to make motors and, and, and needed on axles of wheat. That petroleum wasn't what we thought it was, that it wasn't a fossil fuel, that it didn't come from fossil animals. <laughs> yeah. Is it just a mineral? Is it a mineral like any other mineral? Is that is that how it, is that how it, uh, what would you say? How did it? What's the origin it, of petroleum? You see, <clears throat> when they first found petroleum, uh, because they were beginning to make motors and, and, and needed on axles of wheels and railroad trains and all that sort of thing, and remember, trains started in the beginning of the 19th century, then oil went from a, just a lubricant to a fuel, and it made it valuable. And Rockefeller happened to be the smartest man in the business at the time, but he made a lot of most of his money, or much of it, off the transport of the petroleum as well as selling it. But one thing they realized was, if you, because oil, uh, oil is uh, putting a price on oil is like putting a price on a pail of water. You know, no, no initial cost is in the ground, and and in those days they were some of it almost what you'd call surface mining the oil. They didn't go down deep. 
So in order to get the price up, they hit on the idea that they would have to make it appear to be scarce. That, they, that boy, after we take the next few barrels out, we're probably going to have to close as well, you know, that kind of thing. But a very fortuitous event. In 1892, there was a convention in Geneva of scientists to determine what organic substances are. Well, the definition of organic is a substance with hydrogen, oxygen, and carbon. And so it's usually a living substance, a tree. You analyze a dead tree, hydrogen, carbon, and oxygen, and grass, and so on, living things. Animals, we are, hydrogen, oxygen, and carbon. So at this Geneva Convention, Rockefeller took advantage of sending some scientists over who said oil, petroleum, is hydrogen, oxygen, and carbon. Therefore, it must be derived from the, uh, the spoiling, the rotting of formerly living matter. And uh, playing the game properly, when the this scientific convention was over, they defined oil as a, a residue from formerly living matter. Well, that makes it a fossil fuel. I don't know why they decided to use the word fossil, but it says formerly living matter is fossil. Well, of course, today, and, and, and another thing we should know is that there has never been a fossil, a, a, a real fossil, found below 16,000 feet. And you can't argue at 16,000 as a level line because someplace the ground sinks and so on. But 16 is what the scientists say, 16,000. We mine oil, or we, we drill for oil, at 30,000, 33,000, 28,000 every day of the week. So right there, we rule it out that it isn't fossil fuel. It's called fossil fuel for the minds of the public to feel that it is a, a, an asset that is running out, being depleted. We talk about depletion allowance, which is a lot of, you know. And actually, if you know the world's oil supply, you know that it is not going to run out for an awfully long time. It is the second most prevalent liquid on earth and, and we haven't begun to dig. well with all that background you see the people in charge of the petroleum business for perfectly reasonable business uh things like any other man in a business wants to keep his price as high as he can get away with and the way to do is just say well there's no more we we we're the last barrel is going to cost a thousand dollars and then it's all done and and they preach that stuff what bothers me is that that in geology books, it's in there. The geologists say it's a fossil fuel. They, they somehow they've been bought. I, mean, you, I, I went to a four-year federal staff energy seminar run by the government of the United States during the so-called energy crisis. I was the participant that represented the railroad industry. The airline industry was there. Every AA administrative assistant of senators and congressmen was there. The CIA was there, the Defense Department was there, the State Department was there. Sometimes sitting right in front of me in the row would be Henry Kissinger with his friend, um, uh, the, the head of the uh, Department of Defense. Uh, that's too bad, I can't put the names with them. But anyway, people like that, top men in the government sitting there listening to the Federal Staff Energy Seminar. Well, what this was doing is for four years, they were teaching a propaganda line to the leading people in this country 
and therefore to the leading people in the world, when you include the Schlesingers, Kissinger and Schlesinger among others. And the object of it was, as Kissinger used in his own terms when it was time for him to speak, to create a world price for oil. In other words, not uh, 30 cents a gallon here and 90 cents a gallon there, but let's get a world price. That's their goal, and they're trying to do that for wheat and everything else. We don't realize what, it, what the controls are, whether it's oil or some of these other things. Almost everything today is being categorized at the highest price they can possibly make it go. And so calling petroleum a fossil fuel is the basis for this system uh, with respect to petroleum. And, and I went, I don't know if the name Arthur Kantrowitz rings any bell. Arthur Kantrowitz is the head of the Kantrowitz Labs set up by the uh, AFCO company uh, near Boston, uh, Scientific Laboratories, and um, a great man in the scientific world. And Kantrowitz and I were sitting at a table at this uh, seminar once, and the table happened to be all young college grad PhD geologists. And so just to get a conversation started, I turned to Kantowitz and I said, Arthur, what do you think about this foolishness of these speakers talking about fossil fuel? And uh, it was kind of put up. He started laughing. He said, you know, that gets me. He said, he says, I don't, he said, I don't have a geology degree, but he had a thousand other degrees. And he said, I don't understand. He said, you'd think that these heads, these other fellows at the table, we did it on purpose, start listening, you know. And he asked, he said, are you gentlemen? He says, you're here at the meeting. Are you gentlemen by any chance geologists? And one fellow, yes, I am. And the other, yeah. he said, well, why don't you tell me? He said, why, why is, why is, well, you know, he went on like that. We brought the house down because nobody could argue with Cantrell. He like he like Einstein. People aren't going to. And he told him right there, he said, just drop it. But it's, it's in all the books and in all the papers. But it started from that strange meeting in 1892, a scientific convention. In G I have a big, thick scientific encyclopedia put out by the Devon Ostrand Company that's about oh, 15 years old now. But it has the whole story of the conference. It doesn't have the Rockefeller part, but it has the whole story of how they straightened out organic chemicals and how it was all figured, and they've got petroleum right in there. Amazing. Amazing. So these aren't accidental things, you see. There's a dollar sign behind almost everything. Okay, I'm back. All right, so you heard. Folks, I'm not full of shit. Everything I tell you on this show is years of research. I, I knew about that meeting in 1883. I knew about that years ago. And that's where I got most of my information. That that there, there has never ever 
been any dinosaur bones found under about three miles, or, or is it 12? 12 miles. No, it's three, I'm sorry. Three miles under the surface of the earth. But most of the oil is way past that. It's it's not fossil fuels. It's created by the earth. They've just, and like he explained, the thing is, is that the elites educated the educators on what to teach. That oil was a fossil fuel of, of dinosaur juice. And it was limited supply. Because if they would have told them, well, the earth makes this shit like it makes water. The earth makes water. The earth makes everything the earth is made out of. It's a growing, living, existing organism. It's an organism. The earth is just a large organism. Think of the earth as a cell. And the cell is growing because the cell absorbs energy from the universe, creating itself at the center, at the center of the cell. As above, so below. Now, this is where we get into the good stuff, right? I, I just, right, Tom R. says, oh, wait. The furthest that we have drilled, I thought, is seven miles. No. Oh, my God, no. Nope. No. <laughs> no, no, no. Right. It's much further. Much, much further. Because, right, you you're thinking liquid, right? 
you're thinking of of drilling liquid and then bringing the oil out. You have to think on the level of frequency. Remember, frequency is harmonics. What the drilling technology that we have is more like a straw, right, than it is a drill. And they can extract the oil using frequency. Right. They they basically drill down, right, and then use frequency to pull it out. Not just suction, but frequency. They can alter the frequency of the module pulling the oil out so that it separates the oil while it's in the ground. Right? When when you refine oil, all you're doing is using frequency to separate all of the mixture of oil, right? Jet fuel is just kerosene. That's all jet fuel is. It's pure kerosene. All they do is they alter the frequency of the oil using heat, which heat is radiation. Radiation is high-level frequency. It's, it's what the old moonshiners used to do to make moonshine. But we don't recognize heat as frequency. We recognize heat as heat. Like just, ooh. But once you understand that heat is pressurized frequency, Then you start to understand it. Heat. Any AC guy, any heating and cooling guy will tell you that temperature is a result of pressure. Right? 
right? Ask them. That's why your um, your HVAC guy has hoses that he puts in, and he has the gauges, and he's adjusting the pressure of the Freon because it's all pressure. Pressure with frequencies creates temperature. That's why when you're watching the weatherman, all right, they say high pressure, low pressure. That's that's what creates a tornado is high high pressure running into low pressure and the low pressure pulls the warmer up and the tornado right the tornado is a visual representation of the action of harmony of friction or of frequency. See, that's why a tornado, that's why it forms from the top down to the point of the ground because that visual is the two pressures with the frequency harmonizing into a point on the earth that funnel is the visualization of frequency harmonizing the closer they get the closer they come to a point that point is the harmony of those two frequencies meeting and that creates the friction on on the earth You are, are you starting to get it now? It's it's what Tesla always said. Frequency plus pressure and creates har- harmony or friction. It depends on the frequencies. That's now. I digress. Let's move on. All right. Now this part here 
is what I was talking about in the last out half hour was how we exist in multi what we think is reality is not what you think it is that our consciousness is a point of friction or yeah in a way right our bodies what we're seeing now is the the focus of our consciousness at one point right imagine your consciousness as the tornado and as it forms down into a single point that is your point of consciousness that's you that's your experience and that point of consciousness can be moved across the radio so that tornado of consciousness hits the earth the earth is 107.7 or or this uh, this hologram your consciousness focuses to a point in this hologram so you witness this hologram when you change the dial you're moving your point of consciousness across the different holograms Think of each hologram as a different town. Originally, uh, your consciousness, your everywhere, you are part of the collective conscious. Your consciousness is focused like a tornado is focused to the ground all right so the point of the tornado is your consciousness in this hologram as the as this point of consciousness moves through 
the holograms. It's like a tornado's point moving from town to town. And the town to town is the radio dial. The 107.7, the 106.5, the 98.1, those are all towns that are different holograms. You got it? Now, as I explained that, you guys probably started to get it. Now, hear it from somebody else. This is the long part, but you have to listen to all of it to get it. with these types of companies when it comes to field operations and, 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 and kind of the stuff that I was doing in my arena as a special operator. I don't know about what they're doing and how they play in with this black budget stuff. And so I'd like to go through a couple of the companies and just um, have you just educate me and the audience about it. Right. And let's, let's start with Lockheed Skunk Works. Well, of course, the Skunk Works, you know, dates back to the 50s and 60s. Kelly Johnson, uh, whose, by the way, UFO encounter report we have, is given to us by Lieutenant Colonel Heckert, uh, who knew him, who was really? our U-2 spy plane witness who en encountered these objects uh, as a U-2 pilot. But, uh, and then, of course, Ben Rich. Ben Rich uh, was the head of the Lockheed Skunk Works and acknowledged towards the end of his period there um, that they had uh, technologies that could, quote, take ET home. He also stated there were no private conversations anywhere on the earth. True. Mm -hmm. No matter what your encryption is. And also he said that anything you imagine, we can, we have already done at the Skunk Works. Now, there's the Skunk Works that would deal with a conventional jet, rocket, you know, ramjet type classified aircraft, right? But then there's another division that is the deep black. I want to make a distinction between the black budget and highly classified, legally overseen projects. Mm -hmm. Here I'm talking about, you know, there's a guy I'm working with now who literally oversees the black budget of the United States. He was never read in on the UFO or UAP issue. And when he tried to find out, he went out to the Lockheed Skunk Works. He was told, showing a bunch of these conventional propulsion systems. He was not shown the ones that are the man-made UFOs that are the electrogravitics, the things that float, boom, 100,000 miles per hour. So I think that that's one of the problems is that there's almost two parallel systems and there's very little points of intersection between the two, what I call the constitutional government of the United States, which is called the USG, the US government, legal. And then there's the illegal secret government projects, okay? All right, what he just explained, I want to go over real quick, where he said there are two 
entities. The entities we know are the president, the vice president, the legislators, the judges. That's that's all management structures for the earth's operations. Right? There's two worlds here. We have the the earth's operations management system. That's what we would call the globalist. The globalist are the board of directors of the earth. The president, vice president, legislation, Congress, Senate, Supreme Court, all that is just localized management of the same company. So the new world order is is the board of directors of the earth. Remember yesterday when I said the earth is basically the Walmart or is basically Walmart? I meant it. Think of America as the uh, the clothing section of Walmart. Think of China as the uh, the electronics department of Walmart. Think of India as um, as home goods in Walmart. Think of Florida as the shoe department inside the clothing department, which the clothing department is America. Well, inside the clothing department, you have underwear, you have shirts, you have pants, you have socks, you got shoes. That's Texas, Florida, California, blah, 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 blah. But the management of the Walmart is the global elite. They're the board of directors of the earth, which is 
the Walmart. All right. What he's talking about here is the is the delivery system and the upper management of the Walmart Corporation, the transportation the trucking that comes to the Walmart, which is Earth, right? The supply chain to and from that specific Walmart location, which is Earth, is what he's talking about where we have earth technology, right? We have earth technology that is the trucks of the Walmart that delivers in our local galaxy. The UFOs are the airplanes that fly the product to the country and delivered to the Walmart. So the unidentified flying object there's two types there's the trucks that we created for our atmosphere then there are the airplanes of the aliens that were created for outside of our atmosphere. They interact with each other on the multi-galaxy supply chain. You see what I'm saying? I digress. So understand, we have UFOs, unidentified flying objects, that the president, the Senate, that all of these people don't know about because they don't need to know about it. These guys are just running the clothing department. And these guys, the president of the U.S., reports to the managers of the Walmart, which is 
the globalists, the elite of earth. And then the elite of earth communicates with the the other Walmart locations, which are, are other planets in our galaxy. And there's a supply chain between all of them. Those are the alien, alien crafts. Those are the airplanes. The global elite control the air, the UFOs on Earth that we create, but then there's the airplanes of the aliens that, that take the products from Earth that we produce. What's our number one industry in general? Always has been for forever mining mining do you think that humans use up all of the products that we mine no They're shipped off Earth. And in a lot of cases, we are the product that is shipped off Earth. That's part of the human trafficking. The human trafficking across the whole earth is not just to fill the needs of the sickos on earth. It's also to fill the needs of the others off earth. That's why Trump, watch the interview he did when he announced Space Force. You have never seen Donald Trump nervous until that interview. You have never seen Donald Trump anxious until that announcement of this of the space force during the announcement he says apparently our enemies are in outer space 
people assumed he meant Russia. During all these wars, all this conflict on earth, what's the one thing that all the countries keep building? The space station. Do you really think they're building a little bitty space station out there? Do you really think they're flying seeds out there to see if they grow? Why did Obama close NASA? Because of the space station. Why have the Democrats always been against NASA? Why did JFK say we need to go to the moon? You know how weird that sounded when it came out of his fucking mouth? We're going to unite and we're going to go to the moon. Martha, what the fuck did he just say? Did he just say we're going to the fucking moon? With all the problems in the world at the time of JFK, JFK thought, eh, fuck it. While we're taking on all this other shit, let's give it a shot to go to the moon. Does that make sense? It only makes sense if you understand what I just explained. Is it it starting to make sense now? Welcome to my world. Once once you're able to unplug from the indoctrination, it's clear as day. And that's why I've been able to see it because I was never indoctrinated.
So I look at the world completely different than anyone else I've ever met. Because I, what other people see is, is not reality. The system that other people see is not what I see. I see the real system and I'm like, is this not obvious to everyone else? But then I realized it wasn't. It wasn't obvious to everyone else. A few years ago, and you can you can ask my wife. I literally looked at my wife and I said, I have it figured out. And she's like, what? And I said, everything. She goes, what do you mean, everything? I, I said, existence. Everything. I have it figured out. And she smiled and giggled, and she's like, okay, Ben. Love you. I literally have it all figured out. It's, and that's what I'm trying to relay to you guys. There's so much after this. What I'm telling you now is just an outline, just a general story of reality. As, as you watch my show more and more, I'm going to explain in detail more and more. And as I do, it's all going to come together. And in about 15 years, everyone's going to be caught up to where I am now. Now, it's going to pop your fucking brain several times. It did mine. But once you accept reality, it is damn cool. I guarantee you watch my show for the next 15 years, you will never wake up and go, what a boring day. 
Because as you realize what the fuck's really going on, you're going to be like, oh, shit. What the fuck? I digress. Let's continue. Now, with... M- oh, hang on, guys. Shit. Uh, okay. <laughs> we got to move over to the private server. Everyone watching, if you want to figure this out, join Patreon. Join... Uh, What's that, man? Shit. Substack. And get, follow along, folks, because you'll be way ahead of everybody. Click the link under here. And on Substack, don't choose the free option. Because as of next Monday, the free option isn't getting all of the information. Just, I think it's five bucks or eight bucks a month. As my audience grows, the amount of processing I need to buy for the server gets more. Don't be cheap, damn it. <laughs> Help me pay for the servers and the the software I gotta pay twelve hundred bucks a month for. Love you guys. All right. We're switching over to the other server. I'll be right back. 